0: post your free job on linkedin.com/people today.
2: It's like I know when, but I saw Lee Serena at the Delta Lounge and I I couldn't it, I wasn't planning on bothering her, but I gasped and so she <laughs> looked up.
0: <laughs> she woke up to the gasp. She
2: And I just I had to be like I'm like you're incredible, love you girl. And She said thanks. You know, she's a professional. <laughs>
0: Hi, welcome back to That's a Gay Ass Podcast. It's your host, Eric Williams. Ugh, last week's launch was a dream. I mean, I got so many nice messages. We got on the Apple charts. It was nuts. But if you have not yet listened to the first three episodes, it's Ashley Gavin, Nick Rashad Burroughs, and Jared Goldstein. They are so fun and I highly recommend. But this week... We have Lisa Traeger. She is not only hilarious, but tells the most batshit stories, and I cannot wait for you to hear them. Uh, we actually met at my dear friend's Esther and Noah's wedding, but I have been a fan of hers for a long time. You maybe have seen her in Judd Apatow's recent movie, The King of Staten Island. She also has an amazing podcast called That's Messed Up, an SVU podcast, and you've seen her on Netflix and her half-hour special as a part of The Degenerates, or maybe even you've seen her on Late Night with Seth Myers telsey lately this is not happening horace and Pete—I mean she's incredible she's a star and i can't wait for you to hear this episode however make sure you've given us that five star review with a little love note give us a subscribe and come back on friday we have a special extra bonus episode with heidi in closet this is actually happening my friends i'm so grateful you're here and i hope you enjoy I was literally just thinking about how I've had like the most nightmare New York day of just like, I, w- w- let's take a little 10 minute walk because I want to move for a second. It was four and a half degrees. I then like came back home. I couldn't find something. My husband misplaced. I then like try to move something to get it out of the way. A marble slab that he put on the ground fell on my toe. I scream. He walks in. I'm like, why the fuck do I live here? Sometimes I feel like, why do I live here? <laughs>
2: No, it's everywhere right now. Like everything is so difficult and every little thing is exasperated because we don't have anything to look forward to or any life distractions. And so it's like every, cause I'm staying at an Airbnb near my parents' house, but if the weather is fucked, I just don't get to see it. It's like, it's weird. I have to, you know, you're wearing masks with your family and like everything, um, just means a lot.
0: It doesn't also like uh, it like exacerbates when you are frustrated and in a normal day a year ago, you'd be like, I'm a little frustrated but when it happens right now. You're just like, I'm going to fucking kill someone right now. If they get even close to me and I need to smoke weed or do something to make myself.
2: Well, yeah, so I haven't smoked weed since beginning of November and I have not drank since December 20th. Lisa. Yeah. it's a nice, So that's worse too. Uh, it's like, um, uh, like I had to pack everything I moved from like a family for like my in-laws I'm not married but like my sister's husband's family's condo into this Airbnb and I was like I don't think I've packed sober in a decade.
0: <laughs> Wait what what so what was the difference between packing sober versus packing high?
2: You're just chill. You're just not as overwhelmed. Like the sensation is just like, oh yeah, I'll do a little here, a little here, a little here. And then when you're like fully in it, like to me, I just kept going on my phone. Like I just was too scared to start. I just kept being like terrified and it all just seemed so much.
0: That's just my normal MO is being afraid to do anything. Cause I, cause I know how hard it will be, but then I'm starting to get into the, like what I should be doing is what you're doing is stopping, relying on the things to make me feel better.
2: With, I mean, so my nephew was dropping me off. I had made him not made him. He helped me carry the luggage up and stuff. He's 18. And he was like, Oh, this is a great area. And I was like, why? He goes, the dispensary is nearby. <laughs> and, which was cute. And I was like, I'm actually not even doing, it. I mean, everyone is, it's like shocking to me. He's like, really? Cause I feel it's like so much of my identity. So without comedy and weed, it's like, who am I?
0: Who are you? Like, wh- what have you found out? What have you discovered?
2: Um, I'm boring. I have nothing. I have nothing to give. Um, nothing. I'm just like focused everything on like trying to lose weight and get healthy.
0: And so how are you feeling on your journey in terms of, like, are you feeling healthy or are you feeling a difference?
2: I feel like my stamina and the workouts and I feel stronger and like cooler, but um, the trainer is really good. And a lot of her clients have really drastic before and afters within eight weeks. And I am, have not experienced that even though I've been following everything. And so it's been kind of frustrating where I feel great and it's just not showing the way I would like it to,
0: it's but so frustrating. I'm committed
2: and you know, it, it. You, I read like the longer it takes the more likely it'll stick. And so I'm just trying to, like, you know, be like, you want this, just keep going, even if it takes a year.
0: And it sounds like you're going about in a healthy way. Like, I don't know if you watched The Biggest Loser on NBC, but it was... Probably like one of the most traumatizing ways for people to lose weight, and of course, like there was the emotional manipulation behind it, like getting them to tell their sob stories. But the fact that they were making them work out four times a day, and then well, you're
2: gonna. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you're gonna love this. Um, I was a counselor at Fat Camp when I was 20 years old, and we had counselors from The Biggest Loser, and we would have Biggest Loser people like visit us.
0: I am. I mean, I watched a lot of seasons.
2: Yeah, this one girl was definitely lying about her weight. And it's like, we're at fat camp, you don't have to lie about your weight here. Like, what are you doing? And there's always rumors about her. And it was unhealthy. It's like, you set people up where they're working eight hours a day and eating like insane. And so they're not able to do that in their lives. And so then they come back to camp. But I don't know what the biggest lose, like, you know, it's not giving people the tools to maintain, I feel.
0: No, yeah, it's all the whole value system is wrong. Instead of like, let's do this to make your life uh, healthier. It's more like, let's do this so you can win $100,000 and beat everyone around you. Let's see how deeply small you can get so that these other people can lose the competition. It's like, well, but no. I do love,
2: what's his name, Bob? Is his name Bob? Bar- Bob when, Harper. whatever he's on Watch What Happens Live, I do like it. I do like him. I like the- his tattoos. And I like that he's lean. Like, it's not the usual personal training body
0: true and also the fact that he is gay bleached his hair you wonder if he's going through a crisis or if it was an actual decision that was coming out of a place of you know happiness but also when he's on watch what happens live you have to have fan fiction moments wondering if he and andy cohen are fucked or at least talked
2: you know who used to date who reza from sunset oh,
0: i did not know this
2: yeah they used to date so andy's brought that up before so uh, but i don't know if they but i feel like it would they would be open if they fucked andy's like flirty and open i don't he's not really shy i went with someone to watch what happens live and he wanted to fuck my friend andy did like he looked my friend up and down like i kind of want to text it like it and he felt obviously amazing but and he's cute but it was like i had never seen like eyes like that i wish it it was like really
0: hot it sounds hot i mean without a shadow of a doubt i would fuck andy cohen i just yes and I know that I am what some people might consider married but I think my husband would fully be okay with this I mean we actually oh my gosh we were those gays that were watching his Instagram live and he was like whoever wants to request a chat maybe I'll choose you there was I
2: watched it all (laughs) I I wasn't watching it live but he posted it and I watched it all the whole hour
0: yeah so like full hour he'll like have a bunch of random sad people that he'll accept sad
2: they're not sad
0: no they're not but some of them are like like i want
2: boring they're like middle of merit they're just boring they have nothing to give
0: and when i say sad i was picturing the girl that was like in a different country where it was four in the morning and she was not not unable to sleep and so she gets chosen and of course, she wasn't preparing to be chosen to be on an Instagram Live with Andy Cohen in the middle of the night. And so she picks up and it's full shrouded in darkness. <laughs> you can't see a, anything around her. And she's scrambling to turn her lights on. And she's scrambling to like make herself look presentable. And Andy's like, how's it going? And she's like... Hi. I didn't think you were going to pick up. And then, of course, I was thrilled for her. But cut two, I was like, Matt, you need to request. Eric, I'm going to request. We both requested, and something told me in my gay guts that he would choose one of us. I don't know why. I don't know how I knew this. And next thing I know... (laughs)
2: wait does he do this a lot i feel like I he's done it, seen you. he's
0: done it a few times he's done it okay a few times.
2: i only saw it that one time i didn't realize this was a regular thing
0: i think when he's bored he's like eating his dinner he'll just like you know for an hour talk to randos on instagram live so he let me make the long story short no, All i'm
2: sudden, interested in every single bit i'm just like i thought it was going crazy that i didn't see you <laughs>
0: So what ended up happening on this particular live is that uh, I'm sitting on the couch. It's like an 8.30 p.m. moment. And the next thing we know, Matt's Instagram, you see a loading circle of like a camera starting to turn on. And we th- – this is how insane we are. We did not even yelp. We did not even scream. We just brushed our hair to the side, fixed our shirts, and it was go time. And the next thing we know, we're talking to Andy Cohen on Instagram Live. And Andy, when we, when we show up on his screen, he goes – uh, oh and you see him like do it take he's like two guys how's it going boys and we're like hi and to my husband's credit we 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 put i think we proved that we could be good guests on on watch what happens because the banter you guys was talk about i mean we talked about being married how long we've been together um i'm from st louis where you know andy's from and so like my my parents know his parents so i think i dropped that in and then he wanted to talk about the real housewives of i think we, oh we were talking about atlanta i'm pretty sure um, he was asking us, like, how do we feel about Nini? Um, and Matt is—he's good with his hot takes about Housewives. He was—he was very on top of the whole banter, hot is take. He
2: contrarian is—he's
0: he, a little—he's a little contrarian. Is he Monique
2: or Candace?
0: Well, see, that's a great question. He, <sighs> when it comes to Monique and Candace, I think we're actually pretty aligned in that Candace is fully unhinged and does not deserve any abuse at all. However, she is not without fault in that altercation. But Monique is, I, we just, I think he thinks they're both at fault and that Monique is more at fault, but Candace is also a monster.
2: No, I saw a take. I don't remember who had it, but I fully agreed with it where the show we watch for them to argue, that is the show. Candice was doing the show. So for Monique to get violent at work, you have to be team Candace. Like Candace is playing within the rules of the show. And then you have someone slamming her head against the table, not letting go of her weave. I mean, it was like monstrous.
0: Monstrous and like definitely could have put any person in I, at least paying a fine or into jail. However, here's my question. And I would Is
2: never that, take someone to court for a fight. That was, and, yeah, but Monique should have just apologized.
0: And Monique's reaction exactly was completely like, like an unwell, like, I don't remember any of it. Yes, you do. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know how I feel. Cause I can't remember it. Yes. You know how you feel. You know, you did something wrong. You know, you need to apologize, but you have too much of an ego to do that. However, do you think that Candace kind of did, I mean, do you think touching the hair is uh, across the line? Do you think that is obviously not d- I just deserving? think
2: if it was anyone but Candace, this conversation wouldn't even be happening. Mm. She's just so annoying and a brat <laughs> and, like, no one likes her that suddenly it's, like, a debate. But if this was Sonia and Dorinda or Portia and Candy or Kenya or, like kyle and lisa ren there would not be a discussion if this happened
0: very true
2: no one's as annoying as candace you know like
0: she takes the cake and that's why it's hard to choose sides with that because i think we all know in our guts that monique is wrong (laughs) but then to be like and but candace is just not all right and she's also as you said the most obnoxious person on any franchise yeah but like also that makes me sad to think like dorinda's gone and i think that You know, it's like she she played within the rules of the show, but
2: I hope they bring her back one year. But she had a bad last season. I mean, it was like pretty bad. And we don't I don't know what was happening behind the scenes.
0: Yeah, clearly there's so many things that happen behind the scenes that they can't put into the show, even if it's a good storyline. Like the whole John giving or asking for money from who was it? Did you hear about this? Tinsley right and like
2: or what's tinsley's scott so i went to drag race drive-in this summer in chicago and tinsley and scott were there
0: shut up
2: the strawberry and shortcake
0: shut up (laughs) did they seem happy
2: i didn't get to see them but um asia o'hara was the host and she was like Giving them all the attention. And then when she went back to find them, they were walking the dogs around the drive-in. And I think if it was not a pandemic, I would have tried to find them and um, get a photo or something. Like, I think, yeah, I would have loved that, but...
0: So when you when you see c- celebrities out and about, Bravo celebrities, celebrities like I, I was listening to your podcast um, the other day when you were talking about like <laughs> when your first few weeks in LA, you went to a Grammy party and there was like all these fancy people. One person was nominated for a Grammy. You were with like I'm I assume you're like keep, you, you're probably the perfect person to talk to a celebrity because you know they're human beings. You're super fucking chill, but you also have the knowledge to like give them compliments that really mean a lot. Is that an accurate <laughs> assessment?
2: Yeah. And I know my place. So like, it depends where I'm meeting them and what's going on. But like I met Miley Cyrus who I'm obsessed with, um, but at SNL. So my friend, you know, Chris, Red- I was Chris Red's plus one, you know, he's on the show. And so I'm not about to embarrass him at work. Like mm. I have to act like a representative of my friend in a way. So it was just like, hi, whatever. I'm chill. I'm in the background. I'm not a part of this, but I'm happy to be here. And then same with when I was at Sam Smith's house, it's like, I'm my friend brought me here. So like, I'm not going to embarrass my friends. If I'm alone on the streets. And AJ McLean is nearby. I will say hello. You know what I mean? Like,
0: I mean, AJ McLean would love to be said hello to. Let's keep that very clear.
2: He was, and then it was just like it was a nice moment because I was face. I was talk- talking to my mom while walking, and I saw him. And then she was like, "Who did you just talk to?" And it felt so amazing to be able to say, <laughs> "AJ, sorry,
0: McLean. sorry, I was just having a quick chat with AJ McLean."
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was uh, yeah, it felt incredible. So
0: how could you not? I mean, when you when things like that happen to you, it's it's you've no choice but to feel like a different person. My personal connection to that is one of the biggest celebrities I saw with a very small glimpse. I was uh, saying that I saw the celebrity is a bit of a stretch, but I was walking down the street. Let's say it was like 40th Street around Fifth Avenue, and I'm with my friend Tim. Tim grabs my arm to a degree that was quite painful, and so I thought something was wrong. He was in trouble, but it turns out he was like, you need to look to your left. I look over and I see this little girl. I'm just like, it's a, what was she on iCarly? I don't, I I haven't watched in years. Cut to, I see a flowy dress scanning up the body. It was Beyonce with her daughter walking into Jay-Z's office building. Wow, That, I felt the molecules of the earth shift. I felt my own asshole pucker. I felt... I just felt like I really was in the presence of greatness and of, a, of an otherworldly being. And the, to sweeten the deal, I saw her in concert like 11 days later, and it was by far one of the best experiences of my life. Made better knowing that I, was, I just h- had hung out with her.
2: I've had earth shaking moments and then also I know when people want to be left alone. Like I saw Kathy Bates in first class reading and sitting, you know, I stared at her the whole time from behind, but I'm not about to bother her. Or like at Soul Cycle, I would never bother anybody. So it's like, I, I, you are right where it's like, I know when, but I saw Lisa Renna at the Delta Lounge and. I I couldn't – I wasn't planning on bothering her, but I gasped, and so she looked <laughs> up.
0: <laughs> she woke up to the gasp. She –
2: And I just, I had to be like, I'm like, you're incredible. Love you, girl. And she said, thanks. You know, she's a professional. And so (laughs) that was amazing. But my earth shattering moments was, I don't, did I, I don't know if I just moved to New York or was visiting, but I saw Cynthia Nixon and her wife in Park Slope and my, we grabbed each other. Like that was very New York. And then the other time I went fully insane was I had just moved to New York and I was living my Sex in the City fantasy. I mean, oh. I was at happy hour where you get if you order a picture, you get free guacamole, the place closed, La Bomba's, but like it was like my friends from Chicago. It was everything. And then Fran Lebowitz walked by. And I kind I got up so hard that the table she, like I flipped almost flipped the table and everyone was like whoo and um, I like ran out to just look at her with her peacoat but so I New York does that for sure New York wait did
0: you just brought a memory to me that I read this story about a guy that was I really hope I get this right this guy that was at a restaurant and he is his first day in New York City, and he goes to the bartender, and he asks for a Cosmopolitan because that's what Carrie Bradshaw drinks. And it's like he wants... It's his first day in New York. He wants this iconic drink. And it turns out Sarah Diska Parker was at the restaurant that night. And so apparently this person was so sweet, and they told Sarah Diska Parker what had happened. I was just like, Isn't this cute? This guy ordered this drink because he's wanted the Carrie Bradshaw. And she went up to his table, and she said to him something like, I agree. The Cosmo is still the best drink around or something that was just like, like you ordered, right. And he started weeping.
2: (laughs) I, I have, I had a run in with SJP that I messed up.
0: What happened?
2: So not, not in any bad way. Um, but it was, the Amy Sedaris premiere party for her true TV show the first season. Mm-hmm. And so I brought my best friend, Julia and it was time to watch and everyone's there. And Cola Scola was there. And my friend Julia is obsessed with Cole. Ugh. So I went to the bathroom. When I come back, I see Cole sitting. So I go up to them and I say, Hey, my friend's obsessed with you. Make sure you don't leave before you say Hello. And next to Cole was SJP, and I wish in that moment I said, "You can talk to us too." <laughs> I'm clearly obsessed with you. You're an angel. I mean, she means everything to me. Um, even before Sex and the City with Hocus Pocus and First Wives, like she truly is. Ever, like I'm, I love her, mm. and I couldn't. And but I, she giggled when I said that to Cole. She kind of like laughed a little bit. And I looked at her and nothing came out. And then I like ran to Julia and I was like, oh my God, I can't even we're at a fucking party with her. Um, and then later when I talked to Cole, they were like, I asked, like, oh, how did you sit next? What Do you know each other? What's going on? And um, they just said, no, she just sat down next to me and started to talk to me. Like they had never met. Before oh my. that, um, there's, um, like a, well, no, whatever else it doesn't matter. But Anthony Jeselnik was like, don't you, th- when will you ever get like tired of being this excited about celebrities? Like, aren't you over it? And I was like, I don't think I'll ever be over it. Like, I just, I cherish every moment and I'm glad I have all the moments I have.
0: And that's the way to look at it It's full of gratitude And also just like Knowing these are human beings But also human beings That have clearly done Like superhuman things That speak to our little hearts I mean like If I saw Sarah Jessica Parker I don't know what
2: I saw her on the streets once too With Matthew And then the actor from Veep Who plays Do you watch Veep?
0: I don't And I know I know. Oh, I Veep's
2: should. a great one It's I, the I, best show on
0: television Everyone's like You think you're like Tony Hale I'm like I would love to have Tony Hale's career Sure <laughs>
2: Oh, career, yeah, but that character, like, you definitely don't want to be that character.
0: Um, sure, sure, sure.
2: But, or maybe, I mean, it's genius. It's, like, great. But um, they were leaving a theater. I think they had just seen a play, and they were, like, walking in the streets. And,
0: oh, I mean, but
2: I always, like, let's say, like, it's an actress who is just on season five of Shameless. I'll say something. I'll give a compliment. You know, or if it's, like, the guy from Nurse Jackie, I was like, you're great. And keep it moving. Like, I do sometimes... When someone's not super famous, I do feel more inclined to be like, give a compliment because I would be excited when that if that happened to me. So
0: absolutely, do, does it happen to you? Do people ever say like, "I saw you on Netflix"? Right, like,
2: um, Horace and Pete when it came out, I feel like people did that. Um, and then comedy once in a while, but i just remember one time on the train it was horse and beat or what is annoying is like if they tell you on the train and then they're not getting off and then you have to like kind of sit for a while and it's like why did you do this
0: to me that's bad <laughs> a, a professional new yorker knows to do it at the last stop you do it at the last stop and then you have a vanishing act yeah yeah song, the door is closed you're never seen again
2: <laughs> but only very randomly um But yeah, it feels cool. So that's why if it's someone that I just, I know it's like a very, (laughs) I like to give people compliments when I can.
0: I love that. I mean, clearly like the person that guest starred on season four, episode three of Nurse Jackie is going to be floored if someone's like, oh my God, I love when you play the role of... (laughs) The cashier, the bodega. <laughs> like, mom. um, i, think I made also
2: it. a cycle. Like, I will wait at a stage door to meet someone too. Like, I don't have pride in that way either. Like, uh, I waited in line for an hour and a half to get into Tom Tom a day that they were filming, so I could see everybody.
0: <laughs> wait. And, so how was it? Did you see?
2: Oh my god, it was amazing. And then the friends I was with are like too cool. They were like, oh, can we get? Up? I'm like, you can do whatever you want. I'm waiting.
0: I don't give a shit. Um, go to sir, go to pump. You're like you have a whole smorgasbord of options here. Do they're
2: you, just girls say, that didn't that aren't used to waiting in line.
0: Oh, see, that's that's a bummer because sometimes lines lead to the best things. I met my husband waiting in a line. However, it was for an audition for a non-equity production of Fiddler on the Roof in Wisconsin. Um Wait. <laughs> Truly, truly. And like we have stood in lines, girl. We talk about Tom Tom every single year for the past, let's say four years. We Matt and I go to LA to go to TomTom, of course, the last year when it was open, to go to Sir to go to Pump. And it's become this is the first year in years that we haven't gone uh for his birthday. But like we I mean, like talk about being Tom Sandoval, Tom Schwartz, Vanderpump, Lala. Oh, actually, I haven't thought about this since since last year. We went to TomTom, and we were just like, okay, it's beautiful, no one's here, we gotta get out of here. Next thing we know, we see Stassi and Lala exiting in quite a rush, not happy, and then Randall follows behind. And I really don't want to put anyone blast, but... I need to tell my truth here because it was really disappointing. Whenever I've seen Bravo celebrities, I really have a positive experience. But when we were outside of TomTom, all these girls were swarming them. I mean, like talk about not knowing how to approach celebrities. They were accosting them for photos. And I tried to be the Lisa Traeger of it all. I tried to be, I know you're people, I know you're trying to get into this Uber. But I walked up very casually. I said, and it was my husband's 30th birthday that (laughs) night. So I was like, "Hey, I just want to let you know, my husband is obsessed with you. It's his thirtieth birthday. Do we get a quick picture?" And Stassi looked at me like I was a bag of shit. And I think it was because I was a man and didn't make it apparent enough that I was gay. I don't. I I have theories swirling, but she could not. Have, she she well, you looked said at me
2: boyfriend or husband. Didn't I you?
0: thought I did, and I maybe I wasn't clear. And I was like, "It's maybe I just said it's his. It's his birthday." and i should have been like hey
2: rich i mean with everything that's come out and how she's handled anything like it's kind of it's apparent she doesn't get it i don't know
0: she doesn't get it and i asked her a second time because she was taking pictures with other people it's like hey sorry to interrupt again could we take could we take a quick photo and she again gave me the glare and then and then got into her uber and went away and i was like damn
2: it's weird because it's extra hurtful because you saw other people get the photos.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what was so weird about it. And Lala was actually being much nicer. But poor Matt did not get his photo with Stasi Schroeder that night, nor ever.
2: Sorry. I just
0: <laughs> I checked my phone. And I had 18 text messages. It's like, is everything okay?
2: It's the group chats. They're, you know, it's not everything is fine. it's like um but my group chat is mostly bravo i'm only in one a lot of my friends have tons of group chats i just have one and it's bravo group chats are swarming lisa when i was there and she was a little peeved but
0: it's hard, like when like, like it's a careful what you wish for moment. It's like if you're gonna open twelve restaurants in the same block and then have a TV show <laughs> about said restaurants, people are gonna want to talk to you at the restaurant, girl. <laughs> like if you're gonna go get your calamari, you're not gonna eat it in peace. You made a show based off of people seeing you eating your calamari. You're not gonna you're not gonna. Enjoy yeah, if you want work.
2: privacy, go somewhere else. Yeah, literally, that's actually true.
0: Yeah. And that's, and that's like actually interesting question is like, let's say you could choose between two lives. One life is you are very comfortably financially. You are creatively fulfilled. You're doing pretty well, but people don't really notice you or people really leave you alone the other option is you have blown up to a degree where you are almost slightly canceled for a minute but it blew over and now when you go out you will get accosted at a restaurant you are making so much money you really can't expect to have a night to yourself without people leaving you be who would
2: choose that you think people would choose that i think (laughs) no (laughs)
0: I would not choose it. I would not choose it. But I think some people that are so desperate to be famous don't think about the negative side of it. Like, I think if I were honestly to choose my dream scenario, it would be I'm able to be super creative and make a pretty good amount of money. but But to the point where I am not. I
2: like that you said creatively fulfilled because sometimes people say like rich or famous and it's like a part of doing comedy is you do need people there or like you want to be selling scripts or whatever but I would love to just play like small receptionist sassy roles forever and do stand up and like because I like that you added creatively fulfilled because that's the one thing with that question that's always like I don't know if I'd be happy rich without like doing creative stuff. Maybe it would be, but someone brought this up where it's like the bling empire. These people are billionaires. They have everything and they still want attention and fame. It is like pretty sick.
0: And honestly, that's what I was thinking when I was talking about the people that just want to be famous without thinking of the downsides. Like clearly those people are not fulfilled or not like present with, with happy with what they have. What I've been trying to do in, in in core, which has been a daily struggle, is to not be like, what am I like? What am I not doing? What My life has not amounted to this. I have not. Versus, wait a minute. I'm living in an apartment. I'm with someone that I love. We can't go to a restaurant for his birthday, but we can make a homemade cake that was really delish. We can get some Thai food. And actually things are pretty things I'm very grateful. And I've been trying to do that every day versus just like, well, I haven't sold that show yet, or I haven't. It's like, I think even if I had a billion dollars, I would I would much rather <laughs> I'd much rather make a really comfortable amount of money without the crazy success versus making a billion dollars and feeling super unhappy with my life.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think a billion would make me happy, but yeah, I just want to be able to go on vacation, like buy shit for people and like, you know, have nice food and,
0: if you, yeah, if you it? made significantly amount, um, if you made significantly much more money, what are the things, the first things that you would purchase without feeling guilt? Like what are the things you wish you could buy now that you just can't? Cause you just, well, can't?
2: unfortunately I'm really bad with money. And so I've done all of that. So like I lived like a rich person without any savings for most of my career. And so when the pandemic hit, actually I had nothing and I beginning of every month I had less in my account than rent was due. Mm. And I had to figure it out. And how some people have only known me as like a full-time comic. We're like, well, we've never seen this like squirmy side of you. Um, and it's because I did live like that. I went to Mexico, went to a resort. I bought art. I bought thousand dollars. I have a Miranda painting from sex in the city. That was (laughs) $1,100. My first check, I went and got all these things professionally framed. I had two roommates. Like I am really bad with money when you're like, what would you buy? I'm like, I buy gold. I bought Kate Spade's. I have a Marc Jacobs pink jacket. That was $400. Like I just, I did live like that. I bought my dad for his birthday. I sent them Petrosian caviar. It was $800. (gasps) But like, I don't own a home. I don't have a car. And now I don't, I had to get rid of my apartment. I, all my stuff's in storage. I literally, I didn't lose everything. I have my art. (laughs) I have things. Um, and I have my family, but like, I never said no to anything
0: but it's also like no one i i feel like no one teaches us how to be good with money i I think certain creative people like i just never learned like oh there's something called a roth ira i don't have i don't know what that is or like certain ways to invest your money i'm like a what money b how and all of a sudden i like look around and people that are my age or know know how to do these things i'm like who where did you learn this it feels like unfair but like maybe they had rich
2: parents or they had parents that were like fine, like understood stuff like i have foreign parents so they they're actually savers and maybe i didn't want to be like them but they are like they won't even use presents i get them like that's why i did the caviar because they had to eat it like i bought them ugg slippers they refused to use them i got my dad a faberge egg it's like in the box hidden away like they don't spend ever they don't like it they paid everything in full
0: so maybe this is a they react- didn't know how to yeah.
2: teach it The like they didn't They just assumed I would be, but they bailed me out all the time. I never, you know, so it's like, I never learned responsibility. I don't know, but I think rich people, like I know a couple and she was telling me about her husband. She's like, he has parents that knew money and they taught him or like my friend, um, Sabrina, like her parents would buy houses and flip them. So that's what she started doing the moment she got money.
0: Are you speaking of, are you an HGTV person? No it actually kind of surprised but i guess there's there's only so many hours in the day I, I mean walk. my
2: friend uh, you know Megan, like she'll put on um uh, when they go looking for a house there's three houses and then it's like or international house hunters house
0: hunters. Uh, yeah <laughs> like you are describing every show on that <laughs> <situation>. <laughs> you know when they're looking to uh, purchase a house uh-huh <laughs> well then they go to another one yeah. Sure. <laughs> and then they walk inside the door i'm listening um I mean, yeah, I think I probably only watch it because I'm married to someone that is super into all that stuff. But, like, Chip and Joanna Gaines, I know you don't watch Fix or Fixer Upper, but, like, they have their own network now. It is fully insane what they've done. But, like, talk about they have
2: one their own network. network.
0: Yeah, they like have like the Magnolia channel as a part of Discovery, which is like literally they've been greenlit to produce like 12 of their own TV shows. They said that they were going to take a break from HGTV to let their kids grow up. Their kids grew up in about two and a half years. And so then now Joanna has her own cooking show. Chip has his own thing. They still do fixer uppers together. It's like they have multiple TV shows. And I gotta, you know, I got a hand to them because like, you need a certain sort of chutzpah to be able to do that. But also like, do they have time to spend with each other? It's have
2: you seen this Bravo? This is a deep cut and I've not really met a lot of people that did you ever watch nine by design?
0: No, but now I'm devastated that I'm in that group of people. It was only
2: one season on Bravo and it was like hip, cool New York parents. And they had seven kids and they started in the eighties or something or early nineties, but they would flip and build the most incredible properties. And their kids were like cool as shit. Like, no, you can only buy one of those. No. Why don't you write out why you need a cell phone and do pros and cons for us like real parenting. Uh And, but they had like on top of one of their homes, it was like a basketball court with a fence dome. And like they did wrestling gyms and hotels and it was awesome.
0: I mean, it's, it's a good, p- you should work on marketing. Cause you sold it. That was, an elevator <laughs> p- that was an elevator pitch that I am fully purchasing. I wonder where I can find it. If I, I have find- not
2: been able to, I would love to watch it again. If you find it, please let me know.
0: Oh, I will. I will be sure to, because that, I mean, honestly, it, it, if slash when we have children, I want my kids to not only know how to make a ton of money, but also just like be able to make a pros and cons as why like, they should be getting a cell phone.
2: Yeah. No, they were cool and they were hip and like in love and we didn't get another season, but I was happy to have it. But yeah, Uh, because we can watch prep school gallery girls. Like there's all these shows we can watch, but for not this one.
0: So you if you're so definitely Bravo, definitely I obviously your podcast is S V U, which is such a good podcast. Obviously big plug. Um so many great guests. The banter is so funny. I was just listening to the episode where you were talking about watching Night Stalker, which I also did watch. And then you said, I, I feel guilty saying this, but he's incredibly gorgeous. I mean, I don't disagree. Like, yeah. how dare someone with that bone structure be so deeply evil?
2: It's just like one, Like, if his cousin wasn't there, or his dad didn't hang him on a cross in the cemetery at night. You know, it's like, <laughs> just how your life can go so different. He would have been on the fucking Calvin Klein ads. He would not have been on the street
0: an opportunity wasted yet, yet another life lost to modeling i do two. love
2: remember that sexy ass dude with the mugshot who now is married <laughs> to the top shop heiress like
0: wait i didn't know that epilogue he was the one with like the gorgeous eyes yes. and like isn't that interesting when people that have done such heinous things... But he are, wasn't
2: that heinous, was he? He, like, robbed, probably. maybe? Like, I don't think he, he had, like, that <laughs> bad of a crime.
0: That's true. I mean, well, speaking... Do, do you watch Search Party?
2: Uh, yeah, I have not watched this current season.
0: I'm um, just on the current season now, but, like, those characters like do the most fucked-up things, but, like, of course, the whole narrative is that they're, like, gorgeous millennial people, and so it's like, like, oh, Drew! And it's all these fans. It's like, it's... it. There is a fucked-up sort of... Idea of separating the crime from a human if they happen to be gorgeous, and I think that as a society, it's not something we should be proud of, but it is real.
2: Yeah, pretty privilege. It's like the top, uh the top. I mean, I, I bet like white is better. Like white privilege is probably the top of the privileges, but I, but pretty privilege is pretty close.
0: Yeah, it's just really tough because I know that I'm gorgeous. But maybe rich
2: privilege is great too. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to rank them anymore, but. Yeah, if you're hot, I think like people are nicer to you. I think uh, you get jobs you might not be qualified for. <laughs> like I think things are definitely different.
0: I watch those types of shows, and I just like get so nervous about jail because I've been watching so many shows where people go to jail. That I'm just like, well, I'm going to be really upset the day that I have to go to jail. It's like I'm assuming I go to jail.
2: I want to find my mugshots. Like I want to know if I looked good in any of them.
0: Do you, does your gut tell you that you did?
2: No. no but i want to see them like i want to put them on a mug and sell it you know i want to be like the i actually for someone's birthday i got them the bravo mug of all the house new york housewife mug shots
0: okay so tinsley luann
2: sonia has a beautiful one
0: what what did sonia go to jail for Or
2: did i make that up i feel like sonia had one i'm gonna look it up right now i hope i'm not lying i would like to be
0: right i I fully believe you
1: yeah
2: she looks gorgeous I mean, but yeah.
0: Wow. I wonder if
2: that's rude to do that. But I mean, Portia looks incredible.
0: Do you feel (laughs) comfortable at all talking about the circumstances around you going to jail?
2: Oh yeah, I did it for my. This is not happening. It's on YouTube, uh, but I was just like a drunk, dumb young bitch. Like that's pretty much it. So one was drinking and driving because I wanted Burger King. One was truly a. like, I shoved an officer, I fought them, I went limp, I screamed at that. Like, just a true nightmare. They had to, like, drag me into the car. Like, I was just so wasted. You, did was, Luan
0: be- you were Luann before Luann was Luann.
2: Yes. I mean, I love that she snuck out of her huck- cuffs. Like, that's, that's a thin woman's game. But, um, and then... I had to drop out of college, move back home, yada, yada. And then within that year and a half, I got arrested at a White Sox game. And I can't tell you what happened. Like, I was so blacked out.
0: So the next thing you know, you were like, okay, just try- I-, I remember it was the bottom of the fifth.
2: Third, maybe. And- I was out in the third inning. And it was my friend's 21st birthday, and she was, like, so fucking mad at me. Um, but they also released me on my own recognizance on the South side of Chicago and my friend had my purse. So I had like nothing. I just had a bag of shoelaces and I was just like outside.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. Well, now I need to know the epilogue. What, how did you get home?
2: I got in a cab and then I ditched them. Like I didn't pay for the cab. And I, I went to my friend's house who lived at an address that was very memorable. And it was 420 Surf. So it's the only address I knew. And the fucked up thing was like, I was going for pity, you know, like my life. And she was doing an at-home abortion thing. So like I got to my friend's house and she unannounced cause I didn't have my phone or anything. I just memorized her address and she was like fully mid abortion. And I remember she had like Easter candy in the freezer and I loved that. And then I think she paid or like I went back to the suburbs where my friend had my purse and stuff and she was like livid at me. But what annoyed me about her and we're no longer friends cause she joined a cult and it's like whatever. But She blamed me for so much Yet we were there doing it together You know what I mean It's like you were arrested too uh, Not at that moment But like basically what we would do We would drive to the train station um, And then We would play Circle of Death where we passed A bottle of vodka back and forth between each other Usually a flavored Smirnoff And then What we didn't finish we would pour into uh, Like a one liter soda bottle for our train ride and we're in the suburbs. So like we're from the, we're getting on the train at the North side. Comiskey Park is full South side. It's like maybe 30 stops. Maybe I'm being too uh, like a lot of stops. So by the time we even got to the stadium, we're wasted. We're fucking wasted.
0: So you maybe saw three innings of the game, but you had like eight innings pre baseball game of you getting blackout drunk.
2: Yeah. And I've been kicked out of other White Sox games. Like I went and then one time we went, this is like more of a brag. I, I mean, I love baseball games and I love the White Sox, but we had, my friend had a cat in the hat, White Sox hat, and we snuck in a bottle of booze in that hat.
0: That is a brag. I mean, also the security is not super tight.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, we would like um, buy like those packets of one shots, put them in our tits. We had binoculars that were like, I mean, we were full booze hounds and, and this was all before I was 21. And so like, we would be wasted I remember she fought with someone in a wheelchair at the (laughs) Roots concert. And I was like, just let them in front of you, you psycho. But... um,
0: Whenever I think these stories can't get more absurd, you (laughs) drop these details that are like, oh, right, and she got into a fight with a guy in a wheelchair. It's like, I hope this has been written into 14 different scripts, because it all needs to be put on film.
2: No, to me, it's like, she was one of the first... Like, I just had, for a while in my life, I had bad... Not instincts in friendship. I was looking for the wrong things in friends, oh. and I do feel like I was. In a, so she would be judging me and be so angry at me when I would fuck up. And I'm like, but we're in this together. Like, you can't be mad when it goes awry when we're block, like blitzed out of our minds.
0: Dude, it sounds like a little bit of like a classic projection moment. Maybe she's like seeing in you what she doesn't like about herself.
2: For sure. We're both fucking drunk. I remember we tried to attack Blagojevich at a St. Patrick's Day parade, and like we got chased. We, I mean, we were like maniacs, and um, I don't know. Yeah, she, she just held it against me for so long, and I'm like, you also passed out at a red light cuz you were wasted and got arrested like we're the same girl like why it's are you sister
0: bitch tia and tamara i mean I think my biggest takeaway from the story is if it's not going to be put on film, at the very least, what you need to do is open up a restaurant called 420 Surf. It's a gorgeous <laughs> name. I mean, like, I'm picturing a kind of aquatic moment. I'm picturing we have some sushi light bites, but then the entrees are really quite heavy. I mean, you can get so much done with 420 Surf. And I look forward to Well, I do have
2: a dream restaurant idea. I all I, I want it to be, like, classy and trashy. And it'd be my favorite things. And you can mix in and match anything you want. Like, if you get three sliders, one could be buffalo chicken, one could be a crab cake, one could be a mini burger. Like, I just, you you want mac and cheese, anything you want. But then we also wildly have, you know, a seafood tower.
0: Okay, what you're describing is Fridays. I'm kidding, you're not. (laughs) Well, you're that does sound incredible do you have a name for this restaurant yet
2: i'm gonna do 420 surf
0: oh duh 420 surf Where are you no it to was here? gonna
2: be classy and trashy but the 420 surf is way better like you could be high as high, like don't you, have, you know you want like fucking oysters <laughs> or something nice but then you also want a side of like tot nachos
0: Yes, you get your oysters with your nachos, you get your cheeseburger with your cavatelli, you get your loaded... One of my
2: favorite restaurants in New York closed, and it's so sad. Mermaid Inn.
0: Oh my god, Lisa, that's where I literally went on one of my first dates with Matt. It was one of our favorite places. Ugh, I don't think I knew that it closed. And finding out live on this episode. Well, you heard it here first, folks. That's a gayest podcast. That's
2: happy hour in New York.
0: That's what we did. We went to the happy hour. We got the oysters. We got our glass of white wine. We got the little red fish thing that you put in the palm of your hand and you find out what the, what the tension is between you. Of course, we found out we were both deeply horny. And then the rest is story. I mean, Mermaid Inn. Wait, they they all closed?
2: I don't know. I my, So my friend Julie and I, we would probably go at least twice a month, and Monday is the happy hours all night. And like I would have spots at the cellar late at night, so we would get there at five, five fifteen, right, or five thirty when she would get off work. Like as soon as they open, we were the first people there, and we would stay till eleven. I mean, we would legit sit for six hours. <laughs>
0: Don't you miss that? Uh, just sitting in a restaurant for that long. You know the server hates you. Because no,
2: because we would always tip well, and it's not like we stopped ordering. You know what I mean?
0: Yes, you are the best type of restaurant. We person. just
2: kept drinking, so it's not like we ordered two drinks and sit like we. And then we we're like, "All right, we'll get the mac and cheese." You know, like we. <laughs> well, kept I forget. <laughs>
0: I forget. Also, you're bad with money, so you probably spent like two hundred bucks in a night, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's why I need to learn from you because I'm like so frugal that I'm just like, I'm going to get the cheapest appetizer here. No, I'm not that hungry when it's like, you know what? We only live once. I'm going to, we should get the Mac and cheese.
2: It is very good. I like the West village location. Favorite. I mean, I have a depressing story if you'd like to hear, but, um, when I was 20, my friend who was 21 died and like, it was tragic. And We, like, in high school, we always kind of hated her because she was a spoiled brat. Not, like, hated her. Like, I can uh, attribute my emotions now, being away from it. Like, she was beautiful and amazing and a spoiled brat. And so we all kind of, as a group, kind of didn't like that she got everything she wanted. Or, like, if she didn't like the pants she was wearing, she would, like, drive to Urban Outfitters and just buy new pants. And that test was luxury at the time. And I remember at the Shiva, her mom saying... I'm so glad I spoiled her. Everyone said not to. And I'm just so glad I'm so happy. I gave her anything she wanted, which is like a fucked up excuse to be irresponsible with my money. But that's kind of been my guiding force of like, yeah, I'm gonna spend three hundred fifty dollars and see Lady Gaga. I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm getting floor seats and I'm seeing it. And like, no, I'm taking my niece, Ariana Grande, and we're getting floor seats because she graduated junior high. Yeah, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna stay in this hotel and I'm gonna order room service. I don't give a fuck. And I think I'm gonna change my ways once we get out of quarantine and be a little smarter. But that's always been the vibe I had because of that. Like, I remember seeing the mom say that and be like, okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would much rather be on that side of it versus having years down your life regret that you didn't do things because you weren't trying to spend any money. Like, there are like, uh, uh, this is the most gayest example I can think of, but like, it's what's coming to the top of mind. It's like, I did not see Patti LuPone in Gypsy because I did not want to spend the money. And all I heard was how life-changing Patti LuPone was on Broadway in Gypsy. And I totally regret it. I mean, like, there are so many things I wish I'd spent money on that... I didn't, and I would much rather. I would much rather be in debt, having had a full life, versus have a bunch of thousands of dollars in the bank account, but have never left my house.
2: Yeah, I saw Bette Midler twice in Hello Dolly.
0: I <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I bought merch. I bought t shirts. I bought the silk scarf. I got the keychain, you know, like I fucking did it.
0: And that merch was not cheap, my friend. That merch- <laughs> no,
2: and I told my friend, I was like, do you want, um, I'll, I'll go get the concessions. And then I came back with just bags of stuff for us. And she's like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, it's Bet. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I mean, Bet definitely put a magic into the theater that did cause you to get a $45 cup that just a bet on it. I mean, you were never going to drink out of it again. But when Bet Midler's on Broadway, you buy the $45 cup.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I a merch that. girl. I'm a You're, merch girl. So,
0: did you see Waitress on Broadway?
2: I didn't. I wish. Okay, I did, so I didn't.
0: it was good. But one of my merch moment that I that was for me a big old like I can't believe I'm doing this. I spent eleven dollars in a jar of pie. But like I was at Waitress watching a musical about. Yeah,
2: they make meat. it smell like pie, right? Is not that?
0: pump blueberry pie into the theater Uh, so I'm sitting there choking on the fumes thinking to myself I need something to put in my mouth to go along with the the smell and I don't regret spending the money on this tiny jar that had like a dollop of whipped cream and maybe a crumble inside but like it was worth it because it was a part of the experience we actually saw Bette Midler in Hello Dolly 2 but the long story short is that because I'm cheap I've tried to find the cheapest tickets possible and so I was like oh my gosh this random Thursday in June it's only hundred and twenty dollars wow. versus a four hundred. It was Donna Murphy's first performance that she was doing the one day a week, and so we find this out. And it was it was a gift for my husband. PS, and so he was livid. He was like gay livid. And I call I call customer service. I tell them my 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 deal, and they're like, Donna Murphy. <laughs> Man, your, but your your boyfriend's angry? I'm like, absolutely, yes. <laughs>
2: absolutely <laughs> they yes. just knew. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they knew some fucking idiot guy bought his boyfriend the wrong night. And so then, of course, I did get the full price tickets for bet, but it was like for six months into the future. It was like the only time we could but go. It she was better
2: because I went during previews
0: oh. and it was kind
2: of a mess. Not a mess because everyone's amazing and you're so talented, but it was seeing it towards the end of the run was worth it. It's like it, it's, yeah, I don't think you... I think it's great you saw it later.
0: I do, too. I mean, it was... Oh, it I'm going to give you
2: a moment. You're going to love it. Please. So, the the second time I saw it, it was an understudy for one of the boy parts. I forgot which one. And during the curtain call, Bet grabbed him and pushed him in front so he can get his own applause since she knew, like, he... You know, it's a one a one shot.
0: I am not trying to be dramatic, but that brought tears to my eyes.
2: (laughs) Um, I've actually not told anyone that it hasn't teared them up. Like, it's true. Master. I
0: mean, can you imagine being, like, playing Barnaby for one night on a Wednesday, and then Bette Midler reaches her hand out in front of a sold-out theater on their feet. She pushes you downstage. the orchestra's playing, and she gives you a nod. You take your bow, the orchestra's vamping. The next thing you know, you're weeping, Bette's crying. it's like, And it's like, Bette Midler's giving you the spotlight? <laughs> this, like is a fucking fan fiction porno that I couldn't even dream to write. I and mean, it happened to someone in real life. You know what I need to do is I need to find this person. I need to find the date you saw the show. I need to find out who the understudy was. And I will be reaching out.
2: I have, you know what? I could probably tell you the exact, I'm, I'm going to find it out because he was great. He was great. And it was like a beautiful moment to witness. 100%.
0: I think the best part of this story would be if I reach out to him, and he was a total dick. He like, <laughs> yeah,
2: because up. you learn from the, be- I mean, that's what's like, who, I don't think she, When you meet people that talented that, I mean, I've never met Bette Midler, but like when you do meet like superstars that are gracious and kind and awesome, it really is confusing why some people aren't.
0: Uh, And also, sometimes it's people that are way less famous. It's like, do you understand that Bette Midler is a gracious queen and yet you were on three seasons of Rizzoli and Isles? It's like, you don't have to be this way.
2: No. And the more people you meet that are like hardworking and chill and look out for everyone, it's like... It, yeah, it's just, why would it's better to be that way. I just don't get being the, another way. I don't get it.
0: I don't either. I
2: have been a bitch on some sets. Like I definitely remember certain days. I wish I acted different, but you live and you learn.
0: It's everyone has a bad day, Lisa. Everyone <laughs> has a bad day.
2: It's long you know, but like in the grand scheme of things, it's like so fucking cool. And it's weird when people are dicks.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of icons and legends, you, Lisa, are an icon and a legend, and I'm so happy you are here. I want to heads up. Yeah,
2: that's one of the icons, legends, and stars is one of the categories. And I remember we were playing once, and it was Chad Michael Murray came up, and my friend was like, "Okay, we need to talk <laughs> about. <laughs> we need to talk about how we define." <laughs> Icon legend is star. You
0: know, icons like Bet Midler, Audrey McDonald, Chad Michael Murray. The <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck? Okay, well Hey,
2: what other plays I... like, so you're a mus- you're a musical person. I just sense that you're ending this and I know we have to, but
0: uh, I just respect your time. I could talk to you as long as as long as you want. Um gosh, I mean, I I am a musical person. Did I, you see
2: Hades Town? That was the last Broadway I saw.
0: It was literally one of the things I was on my list to see right before the shutdown and I did not see it. Um wait, did you did you see it? I did, yeah. What did you think?
2: Um it was incredible. It blew me away. Um, I also, my agent got me really good seats. I never sat that close before on a Broadway show. And it was like definitely an experience I'll remember. And the light, like talented, be- it was amazing. But let me tell you, then I went to see A Strange Loop off Broadway, Larry Owens' show. And to me, it was like Hades. Woo-hoo.
0: Exactly. I, in A Strange Loop. I was like, I cannot believe I'm watching this happen in front of me. It was like...
2: Nothing is better than that show.
0: Nothing. And also, like, I will say, as snobby as this is, if you have really good seats, it does change your your experience of a show. Like, I've seen so many shows from the back of the house. And, like, of course, I've had incredible experiences. However, I saw Moulin Rouge (laughs) on Broadway, one of the last things I saw before the pandemic. And we got... We got, like, last-minute rushed. Like, we won the lottery or something, but they were obstructed view. And when you think obstructed view, you think, okay, I'll miss a little bit of the upstage, maybe a little bit of the stage left exit. I was sitting behind an elephant. I was sitting behind a decorative elephant. <laughs> on right. I saw 4% of that show. I was like, I, I did you like the show, Eric? I loved um, what I saw of the like the numbers 2 to 4 on stage right. Like, I could see very little, but it sounded amazing.
2: I would flip out.
0: I was like, why are we even here? It was <laughs> like, can, 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 can. And they're doing all this choreography with lights, but I'm just like craning my neck to the person next to me. That's just like also craning their neck to the person next to them. Yeah. Not at
2: all. No, I, strange loop to me. What? Like I, I wanted, on brought, like I wanted to see it again and again and again. And like, it was so good, but Hades Town was good, and I like listening to the music. It's just Strange Loop was so amazing.
0: Yeah, I'm just dying to see it again. And
2: oh, you know what? I actually I saw Slave Play too. That might might have been that was after Hades Town.
0: Damn, you are a Broadway chick. I didn't. I wish I had seen that.
2: Yeah, I love. I love it all. I like art museums. I miss it. I love Broadway. I like concerts. I like eating. Like, I'm actually. A, I'm a very easy uh, person to give gifts because I like everything.
0: And you're also really great to talk to because there are so many things I feel like we connect on. And like you're like, I, when I met you before Esther Steinberg's show at uh, Candor's Deli, um, I just remember. Well, we met before that.
2: Didn't we meet at the wedding?
0: We went at the wedding, but I feel like I you was, were like, busy.
2: You were busy. No, you I was like a, a monster.
0: I felt like at the wedding, <laughs> I felt like at the wedding, I was like being the bad type of person with people that I had seen. Cause I was like, I've like known your stuff and loved your stuff. And I was feeling like,
2: well, that wedding I was a little embarrassed because it said cocktail attire and me and the Jews of Colorado had a different opinion of what cocktail meant. I remember I, you showed looking up good. A, I showed up in a beaded, skin tight spaghetti strap dress. <laughs>
0: Girl, I wore a full pink suit. Esther made me wear a pink suit. You were in good company. It was like she told me to, like a year before that she was even got engaged. She was like, "I think I want all of my bridesmaids to wear pink." And I was like, "Sis, I'm not wearing pink at your wedding." And um
2: it was a cute suit.
0: It was a cute suit. I have no regrets now, but the the, the years leading up to it, I was like, "This is going to be tickety tax." Like, where I,
2: was your wedding?
0: In Atlanta, Georgia, where Matt's from.
2: Okay, nice.
0: Yeah, and we did the whole like Jewish, it was pretty Jewy, but also Matt's Catholic, family is Catholic. And so we really had to combine <laughs> the traditions. And by combine, I mean, it was a Jewish wedding.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I also love doing the horror with people who haven't done it too. And that was like, um, who I was hanging out with a little bit. And that was exciting.
0: It's a beautiful moment to see a register on their faces of what is this? Oh, I think I like well, that's this.
2: something else. Like, that's another thing that. I flew from Scotland, spent two days in New York, maybe, and then flew to this wedding and then flew back to Chicago. And, like, that's insane. I don't know if lots of people will do that. But in my, in my heart, I was like, there's no way I'm not going to go. Of course I'm going to go.
0: Well, don't you now, like, even more want to go to weddings when the, once the pandemic is over?
2: Yeah, and I had to wait a long time for my friends to be married. Like, I have a lot of girls that, like, went, oh, my friends in college. Like, I you know, I'm mostly friends with comedians. And they take a while, I think. Something and I was happen. happy I went. But there was no way I would. And she, Esther made a joke in her speech where she was like, I was checking prices of flights and I would RSVP no. And I was like, yeah, bitch.
0: <laughs> which is the most self aware thing to do. I mean, so many people get married and they're like, I'm really disappointed you couldn't make it. I'm like.
2: And I love that it was 90% vegan. Like she, she didn't, she couldn't do it all the way, which I appreciated. <laughs> What were your highlights of your wedding besides like getting married and being in love?
0: The highlights of my wedding were definitely the ketubah signing, signing the contract thing before the wedding. We were not, we didn't know what was going to go down. And our officiant was one of my closest friends, moms. And she is like a lawyer who's big in the gay rights movement. And she's just like the perfect person. And she had us look at our ketubahs. My family was there. Matt's parents and sister were in. Uh, her husband was there. So it was just like my Jewish family, his family had nothing, no idea what was going to happen. And our officiant said, okay, so I want you, Eric and Matt, I want you to look at your ketubah. And I want you just to read it out loud together. Read the English out loud together. And we didn't know this was going to happen. And we'd chosen a pretty kind of modern, but beautiful text. And we start saying it out loud together and start weeping at the same time. It was like we couldn't get through, but it was like becoming really real what we were doing. And it just, and then our families were crying. And then to just watch these people who had never been to a Jewish wedding, feel touched by a very ancient custom was even more touching and then the ceremony we just made it super personal and my grandfather who is now 92 years old he came up to me and he said it was one of the best weddings he's ever been to and to like watch a man that grew up at a time where like you could literally be arrested for being gay come up to you and say that he was touched it was just like so it was the my we the this our Vows had jokes. It was, you know, I d- I had a little crying moment. And also, we know what theater is like, babe. Like, we know weddings are theater. You need to put on a production. We like, we fully stage managed the shit out of it and gave it a dramatic arc. We had a friend play, uh, her original music before. And it was just like, I'm giving you a long answer to say that it was just like, it was stage managed. It was beautiful. My only regret is the whole very cliche thing of like, I had no dessert at my own wedding and dessert is my thing. I wanted.
2: Why didn't you have dessert?
0: I was just dancing and talking. Oh, was like, but you
2: provided dessert.
0: Yeah, we provided dessert, and I, I didn't. <laughs> I, eat-
2: I thought like you were you were like I love dessert, but I refused to have it at my wedding, and I was confused. Okay, I understand. If
0: I have to fit into this suit, no one's going to be eating dessert at this thing. Um, no, I totally uh, did not even have a slice of my own wedding cake. But you know what?
2: You can have cake it you want.
0: I can have cake any fucking time I want. Um, yeah. Well, can I ask you one last question before we sign off? Yes. If the world is ending and you can save one character actress, do you know who it would be?
2: Um, wow. Fuck. I mean, two just flashed before my eyes, but I don't know if I want to commit to them. Okay. No, I'm going to do the third one that just popped into my head. I'm going to go with Catherine on
0: you are not alone you are not alone an iconic answer Help do you want to me.
2: hear the other two that flashed into my brain or i no? do i do the first one was Margot martindale mm. and then i thought judy greer <gasps> and um i was gonna go judy Greer, and then katherine showed up and i was like she's definitely my favorite
0: those are all very good answers and i think you went with the correct one but you're your gut was all in the right place. <laughs>
2: Thank you. This was so fun. Thank you for having
0: me. Of course. Ah, oh, what a dream thanks so much for listening my friends i want to give an extra special shout out to our three winners of the that's a gay ass podcast raffle they subscribe to the podcast and they've each won chromatica oreos and a personalized poem give it up for vincent ward enrique garcia and ariel klein uh, come back on friday for our special bonus mini episode with heidi and closet and follow us on instagram at gay ass podcast and follow me at eric wills thanks for listening <laughs>